Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side. It's the 49er Faithful UK show. They do say the real season starts after Thanksgiving. And with the fridge containing only the least favourable leftovers, it clearly is the business end of the season. And having stuffed both turkey and seahawk in week 12, the Niners have clearly got the taste for roasted bird and now head east in week 13 to pluck, roast and then stuff some overhype and soon to be freshly crushed Philadelphia Eagle. I'm Gareth Ellis and I am joined by Paul Hope. What's up, Fairfall? And Lee Gowland. Hey, fellas. I think Nadji's been delayed by people mobbing him and his red jacket. So uh, he'll have to send his apologies. But we'll miss you, Nadji. But I'm sure you'll be back for the next show. If you get away from those uh, jacket lovers, of course. So, Niners and Eagles have never really had much of an NFC rivalry over the uh, last few decades. But that possibly changed last year or possibly might change in the uh, years to come. Uh, do you have any other historic gems for us, Lee? And is the name Rayway Armstrong marching towards this conversation? So I'll start out with the uh, the surprising news. Ray Ray Armstrong no. isn't marching towards this uh, conversation. Unheard of. Yeah, unheard of. But there is quite a few players who have played for both teams. But we'll get to that a little bit later. So the head-to-head, uh, the 49ers lead, 2015 with one tie. There's been two playoff games between the teams and they've both been shared. Obviously, the most recent one being the NFC Championship game last year. The less said about that, the better. And the 49ers won a wild card game back in 1996 when they shut out the Eagles. And to this day, it is still the only shutout recorded between the two teams. Two games have gone to overtime and these were split. There's also been one tied game back in 1956 before overtime was introduced, and that wasn't introduced until 1974. Neither team has scored a 50-burger on the other. The biggest win streaks for both teams stand at five wins each, with Philly dominating 2005-2010 and the 49ers 1984-1992. Players who've played for both teams, so some of the more recent ones, Jeff Garcia, Yvonne Hargrave, Terrell Owens are the three names that stand out. And um, we did have Hassan Ridgeway for a season. He he had a decent season with us. But then we've also got five former 49er Super Bowl winners who've both played for the 49ers and the Eagles. So Guy McIntyre, Bill Romanowski, Don Griffin, Max Runiger, and Charlie Young. Five former Super Bowl champions went across and played for the Eagles after playing for the 49ers. So as Gareth has mentioned, I mean, the history, it's been spattered over the years. Let's put it that way. Um, obviously, last year is still, to me, it's still quite fresh in the memory. I would hardly call it um, a game because it was over and done with on the first drive. Mm. Um, it's certainly over and done with a few drives later after Josh Johnson went down injured as well. And it seems as though that kind of that that's got the Eagle players backs up a little bit. They're not happy that the 49ers are turning around and saying you only beat us because we didn't have a quarterback, <laughs> which is right. We didn't have a quarterback, so I think they feel a little bit disrespected by that. So I'm expecting something. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting them to put in a performance on Sunday night. On the flip side of that, we've obviously got the bit between our teeth. So as you said, Gareth, I think this could potentially lead to quite an interesting rivalry 
over the next few years because both rosters are built in a way that this could last at least three, four years. Definitely. So looking forward to that. Um, you mentioned just before we went on air there, the game back in 1989 um, when Montana brought the 49ers back from a 21-10 deficit in the fourth quarter to beat the Eagles 35-28, scored four touchdowns in that fourth quarter. Um, 25, 38-28. Uh, Hang on, let me have a look. I was just looking at it a second Close ago. Close enough. Yeah. We won. 38-28, 38-28. Memory's gone already. It's an age thing. So, yeah, there's a game or two that um, stand out as being really good games between the teams, and I'm expecting another one on Sunday night. So what can you tell us about the defence, Paul? Yeah, so, chaps, we all know that the Eagles' defence played at a high level last season. They ranked second in total defence and first in the past defence. And the big stat that the Eagles fans keep hitting everybody with no matter what social media format you use, is they logged the third, the third more sacks at 70 in an NFL season. No surprises, Gareth. We face yet another new defensive coordinator because Gannon departed to take over the Cardinals. Sean Desai, who was at the Seahawks, he has over 10 years coaching experience as a first-time defensive coordinator with the Eagles. Now, when I've been doing my research, Lee, the Eagles tend to have this philosophy ingrained that it's been the same for decades, no matter who the defensive coordinator is. They want their defence to dominate the trenches, be aggressive, and they like to rotate key pieces on the D-line so they stay fresh when hunting QBs. Now, I thought, that sounds very similar to us when I was preparing for tonight. However, what Desai has done, like Wilkes has come in with us, Desai has changed a few things and the Eagles fans are not happy. He's increased the Eagles' reliance on two high safety looks. Now, for us 49ers fans, that's music to our ears because that seems to have formed a void in the middle of the field. And I'm sure we'll get to that later because we all know what Brock's like with those intermediate passes. Now, Gareth, this game was marked on our calendars back when the NFL fixture list was released. Lee alluded to it at the start. You can't look at this game, Lee, and not mention the game in January. NFC Championship game, we were up in Leeds. The memory of that CMC touchdown and the raw that we let our Allen Road live long in the memory. And it's no surprise, chaps, that this week's game is the game of the NFL. It's going to be on Sky. So for those people listening, dust off your Sky Go passes or get yourself to one of the mini meetups, which we will talk about later on. Now, despite an impressive 10 and 1 record, chaps, and the Eagles being in pole position for the number one seed in the NFC. It's the Eagles' offence and not the defence they've got to thank for that. The defence is surprisingly ranked 14th at the moment in the NFL. It's allowed 406 total yards to Dallas, 472 total yards to Washington, and it's allowed five teams to eclipse 300-plus passing yards and three touchdowns on them this far this season. Especially last week, if you watch that game against the Bills, how the Bills didn't win that game, I don't know. Now, overall, the Eagles' defence currently ranks Gareth 29th in passing yards allowed. 31st in passing touchdowns allowed. That's not where you want to be in the NFL, trust us. Uh, Not to mention, since their bye week, which teams traditionally get better, they've actually got worse. They allowed 168 rushing yards to the Chiefs and 173 rushing yards to the Bills. Back-to-back games. And who do they feature this week, chaps? 
just the league's best running back in CMC. So that's got me very excited, as you can tell. Now, the strength of this Eagles run defence is up the middle. Fletcher Cox was on the injury report when I checked this afternoon. Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, they're all three former first-round picks. They're big units. They're extremely difficult to move. But the good news, chaps, is that if you run at the middle, the 49ers don't tend to run at the middle, Gareth. The 49ers like to run to the left-hand side because we have arguably the NFL's best in Trent Williams. No argument from me. No, so like I said... Certainly uh, not with him. <laughs> yeah, no. So we do like to run outside the tackles and we like to run to the left. And I do believe that Shanahan's going to attack Sweat and Reddick. Now, as good as they are on the edge rush, we saw what the Chiefs did last year at Borsa when they went straight at him. If you go straight at these edge rushers, it takes away their strengths. And when I've been looking at the game tape, the Eagles tend to set weak edges because the the strengths in the middle. They're kind of wanting teams to go through the middle. But if you know that and you're going to attack them like we will, I think CMC is going to have a monster game on Sunday. I think you look for us to pin the edges. I think blocks from our wide receivers. You've got Ayuk, you've got Jennings, you've got possibly Kittle in there. And for Trent Williams to pull in front, I think that's going to be the game plan all day on Sunday. I think you're going to see CMC running the ball. And then when Purdy, which I'm going to get to in a minute, I think Shanahan's got a definite game plan for Purdy. Now, before I hand over to you guys, we can't not talk about the Eagles' pass rush. I know you don't want to talk about last year, Lee, but it's the moment of the game. You know, Reddick getting through, back, back up tight end, trying to block him on a play action. We all know how that ended. Now, surprisingly, Gareth, the Eagles' pass rush this year has more holes than Swiss cheese. But I am I am going to give a weakness away here. Their linebackers and safeties, for me, are slow in coverage. So I would expect us not to play too much play action on Sunday because that would play into their, their strengths. I think we're going to see Purdy lined up in the shotgun. I think he's going to drop back. And like I said at the start, he's going to attack the middle of the field. No matter what metric you look at with Brock Purdy, he is the most efficient quarterback in those intermediate passes. He averages 13 yards per attempt. You're getting 13 yards per attempt in the NFL. <laughs> you're going to win games more than you're going to lose. And I don't feel that the Eagles' pass rush will fall for the Kyle Shanahan motions. I don't think they're going to fall for the play action, run fake. I would be very shocked to see Purdy with his back turned to those edge rushers without any extra support. Your boy McKivitz Lee, I can't see him blocking Reddick one-on-one. And I can't see Shanahan making the same mistake of putting a backup tight end in that block game. <laughs> I, I can see him doing a better job than Tyler Croft did. I, I, I agree, but I do think that Shanahan likes to do all these motions. He likes to kind of do the play action because sometimes that leads to running the ball. But I think he's going to trust Purdy, as I said, in the shotgun, in the drop back. Attack the intermediate. There's a void in the middle of the field. Yet they let the Yak boys eat. I think CMC and Debo are in for big games. I'm excited, Gareth, to see how we attack the vulnerabilities that I've explored in the Eagles' defence. I do think, like we said, the ball's going to go to the left-hand side. You know what it's like in the NFL. You identify weakness. We're going to go for it. The Eagles have suffered a big defensive drop-off under the new defensive coordinator. They've been fortunate that the offences uh, balled them out. Cheeky shout-out to Brett Sinclair. He commented on a post on social media that this Eagles team isn't the same that we saw last year. They're there for the beating. And I liked your introduction. That's what we're going to do on Sunday. And that, chaps, is my scouting report. 
on this week's defense. Hastily prepared in my lunch break. So when you text Gareth and said, did Lee want to do the defense? I was like, he better not want to do the defense because all that would have gone in the bin. Excellent, Paul. Uh, you've uh, you've outdone yourself. Um, your lunch time has been well spent there. I think some uh, some good in depth with that, and and nothing that I think I'd uh, I'd have any argument against. I think you've you've basically spelled it all out for us on the uh, Eagles' defense. I think that yeah, it, I think it's a surprise that they were a bit of a struggle. I think the secondary last year was a real strength, and they obviously have had some personnel changes and some injuries. Um, and maybe some scheme differences where you can throw on them a lot easier, I think, than last year. I think that was one of the strengths last year. They took away easy throws and forced people to think about running um, and then stuffed up that run game. And and a pass rush was able to get home when people were looking for an alternative for moving the ball. But I think there's, yeah, they're not the same defence that they were last year. And obviously the big switch... We've got uh, the grave digger, and they haven't anymore, and that alone, I think, is a big, uh, a big swing. Any thoughts on that, Lee? You're stunned, stunned like I am. No, not really. I mean, um, as you said, we we've got Yvonne uh, Hargrave now, and I think it's a different type of uh, a different player called Yvonne that might make the difference. To be honest, I think the way that Kinlaw's been playing recently, I think he could be the one that's going to stuff the run for them and um, actually help out edge rushers as well. I thought he had a particularly good game against the Seahawks. He had some really good players where um, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have gotten to the quarterback. I think the way he's been playing this season, you can definitely tell it's a contract, yeah? Um, but it might also be coincidence. It could have just taken him a good four years to actually get used to the NFL coming from college. Obviously, he's had his injury where he's there. But um, again, I echo what Paul said as well. The Eagles team isn't the same team as what they were last year. Yes, they are ten and one, but if you have a look at some of the games that they've only just narrowly won, and they were lucky to win those games, uh, and let, let's leave the officiating out of it. But <laughs> the Bills game was a perfect perfect example. The Bills didn't really lose that game; it was more handed to the Eagles on a plate. So I think I think the record flatters them at the moment. Um, the big concern for me is obviously it's it's in Philly, and Philly can be quite an intimidating place. You listen to what a lot of the fans say about um, Philly, and people just won't take the families to that game. Uh, I think John Chapman um, said that he wouldn't take his family to a game in Philly because the atmosphere is that bad. Um, Nick Clark he turned around and said it's one of the worst atmospheres he's he's ever been in. It wasn't just your normal rivalry smack talk. It was quite aggressive, vicious. Um, they really wanted to, to, to do harm to you. Um, and I don't think that's the way to go on for any fan base. Um, on the flip side of that, as I said in the last show, Seahawks fans couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe how friendly they were. So it's not going to be that type of game. The Seahawks is considered to be our, our rival now, our modern day rival. Yet, yeah, the fans can behave respectfully to each other. Whereas you see what Eagle f- fans are like in the news. It, it's just a different kettle of fish. You saw them throwing, throwing cans of uh, beer at our fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and bricks on the way to the stadium. It's because they don't want you in the stadium because they're scared. And they've got a good right to be scared because we are the best team in the NFL at the moment. I can guarantee you that we are the best team. And I think Sunday's game 
is going to show that. At the start of the season, I think both myself and Gareth picked this game as a game that the 49ers was going to lose. And even though I'm, I'm still reticent to go against that, what I've seen from the 49ers over the last few weeks on both sides of the ball, on offence and defence, I'm now full of confidence that we're going into this game relatively healthy. Obviously, we, we lost tough, but just look at the way that Browns performed. Unbelievable. So I am quite confident now. Over to the offence for the 49ers and what Paul was saying about hitting that intermediate route time and time again, because he is, he's absolutely spot on with that. He's got such a good accuracy QB rating when he's hitting that intermediate uh, level that you've got to think that's what Shanahan's going to let him do, especially given the weaknesses of the Eagles team. But I don't know, for, for some reason I've got this feeling when we start the game it's going to be run heavy. And I think Definitely. it's going to be run heavy to actually open up those intermediate routes a little bit more to make it a little bit easier. And I think it's also if I'm honest, to protect Brock a little bit because I think the Eagles' defence is going to be fired up and they're going to want to get to the quarterback as often as possible and as quickly as possible. And I'm not saying they're going to go and do what the uh, the New Orleans Saints did like 10 years ago with the old bounty gates sort of thing. But I wouldn't put it past this if they're overly aggressive with Brock on Sunday night. So I think to start the game... I can see he's having a heavy dose of the run. Get that um, established. Get CMC scaring the life out of their defence and then start peppering that uh, intermediate level with Brock. And I can see both Kittle and Ayuk having big games. Maybe it's not so much Debo, although having said that, I think we might use Debo more in the run game than we do in the Definitely. past game on Sunday night. Yeah. And I think that's one way that Shanahan might go. And I can't help but feel over the last few weeks we've kind of played a particular way and I think he's going to flip that. And I think he's going to flip it because the Eagles will be expecting us to play that way because we've had so much success over the last few weeks. And it'll all come down to execution, to be honest. And again, I think the matchup that's going to be the the win or lose matchup is going to actually be against our offensive line and their defensive line because I think their defensive, uh, their offensive line, which is elite, and our defensive line, which is also elite, is probably going to cancel each other out quite often. I'm still confident that we're going to have the better of that. So, yeah, it comes down to we need to win it in the trenches. So hopefully the way that we game plan, the way that Shanahan player calls, he's going to do it in such a way that it takes away what, what what I perceive to be our weakness, which is the offensive line. It's probably no weakness that Shanahan perceives. He, he'll probably have other things that he's wanting to, to mould the game around to try and keep away from certain players. But for me, if we can protect our O-line from that pass rush, then we win in this game on Sunday night. Yeah, definitely. It's, a, it's that cliche, it's definitely a trenches game. And I think yeah. the, uh, the Eagles are a team perhaps a little bit like the Steelers, they you can rely that they're always going to be decent in the trenches, even when the team perhaps is going through a, a bit of a, a bad spell. They always get that side of the ball um, on offence and defence. They tend to invest in it and they tend to get it right. You did a very smooth segue into uh, Paul's defensive um, analysis, but you completely missed the injury report, Lee. So 
I'd, uh, I had that all teed up, but there we go. I will I will do a little bit of injury report before I cover the offence um, because there are some interesting uh, names on the Eagles injury report, which limited participation on Wednesday, so it means although they're uh, questionable, I expect all of these players to play, but the list is running back DeAndre Swift, tight end Dallas Goddard, and wide receivers Julio Jones, Devonta Smith, and AJ Brown. So it's practically every single one of the Eagles uh, playmakers has appeared on the uh, injury list as questionable this week. Uh, Whether there's a little bit in that, whether it's just a little bit of tired bodies um, and there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors there, who knows? But I I don't deny that all of those are possibly people who who are carrying a knock. But I, I don't think any of them are actually going to be game time decisions. I think we're going to see them all, other than perhaps Julio Jones, who must be about 103 by now. So, uh, you know, we, we won't be uh, too heavy on him. Uh, the only defensive player on the injury report was Zach Cunningham, linebacker. Um, so I think their defence is fairly healthy, other than the handful of players in the secondary that they have lost for the season. And as speaking of which, for as for the mighty 49ers, of course, Joe o- Odom has been placed on the injured reserve and is unlikely to be seen again this season. Um, and Ray Ray McLeod, Jordan Mason and Eric Armstead sat out Wednesday's practice. Pretty sure they should all be good to go on Sunday but something to worth uh, keeping an eye on. We are a little bit thin at safety before we talk about the Eagles' uh, um, offence. Do you think that's an area we're going to find uh, sign someone fairly soon for the rest of the season? Because we are one injury away from uh, the Barnacle or Sammy Woe coming in at free safety. Did, didn't we actually bring somebody in? I thought we brought somebody in called, uh, is it Eric Harris? Atlanta? Did we? I knew I'm, we, I'm sure we, did. we uh, tried out a load of people, but I didn't hear if we'd actually signed anybody. Whilst Lee's looking for that, Gareth, um, John Chapman Lee himself is refusing to go back to the Eagles game. So he's not doing one of his rush road trips. And apparently, I think he was attacked a couple of years back at an Eagles game as he was leaving the stadium. He's talking about on his show. I think someone rugby tackled him from behind and he obviously got up and was like, well, what on earth is that all about? So for John Chapman to be intimidated to go at the stadium, like you said, and I saw some footage against the Bills where their, fan, their Eagles fans were throwing stuff at young Bills supporters. And you think, come on, lads. I know we all hype up these rivalries. And you said at the start, Gareth, this could be the rivalry. It's the best two teams in the NFL mm-hmm. at the moment going toe-to-toe. But it's a bit of a shame when the fans spoil it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah so... You're right about that, Paul. So I've just checked that, and we did definitely sign safety Eric Harris. We, we signed him to the practice squad, and also cornerback Kimon Hall. Mm. So we brought some guys in. Household names there. <laughs> exactly. Not, not Deontay Johnson. Dante. Dante. <laughs> um, I, didn't didn't somebody mention that they had reached out to? Dante Johnson. They, he am I, he am worked I out a few that? weeks ago. No, he worked out a he few did, weeks ago. That's right. Yeah. And was referred to in the article as the Barnacle, which I thought was the uh, the greatest nickname of all time. That's right. Um, that's given right. given Mr. Johnson's um, history, on and off, and off, and off, yeah. and on and off with the 49ers. And there we go. Yeah, it could be a job for Sammy Womack there. If we get a bit thin, 
not his position, but mm, yeah, you're looking concerned, Lee. No, yeah, I, I don't think Sammy Womack would work as a safety. I don't think he's got the physicality. I mean, Perhaps I'd love to not. see him play. I'd love to see him start in any position. He <laughs> could start as a punter for all I care, as long as he's on the field. But uh, yeah, I, I think he's a little bit lightweight to be uh, starting at safety or even subbing at safety. I'm, I'm trying to think um, which one of our linebackers. Fred can play anywhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was certain one of our linebackers had played safety at some point in their college career, but I can't remember which one. Possibly, yeah. Beal? Yeah. One of the rookies? No, Beal's a defensive end. Who am I thinking of then? Jalen Graham and... So Jalen Graham and D Winters are the two rookie D-Winters. linebackers. Yeah. There we are. Anyway, we're at risk yeah. of uh, dis- descending down another rabbit hole here. So can we move we on to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles offense? Um, and I will apologise, it will we'll have nowhere near the level of detail as uh, Paul's in-depth and precise analysis. Um, but I've got some names for you. DeAndre Swift running back, to 770 yards this season. And basically he seems to be their running game. Their second running back, Kenneth Gainwell, has only got 202 yards. So everything runs through uh, Swift, as well as Jalen Hurts, obviously being a little bit of a mobile quarterback. Though that doesn't, he doesn't seem to rely on that perhaps as much as he did a couple of seasons ago. So they do seem to rely very much on one guy in the running game. And if we can stop him, that's going to take away, uh, I think, a big part of what their offense wants to do. But their offense, of course, is rounded out with a pair of, of, let's face it, stud wide receivers with A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. A.J. Brown has 1,050 yards this season already. Um, and I think eight TDs, 14.4 average. Um, Devonta Smith, a little behind, 738 yards, five TDs and a 13.4 average. These are big play guys. I think that is part of the Eagles offense. Pound the run game and then hit you with a big completion. So I expect to see A.J. Brown in particular tucked into uh, Mooney Ward's pocket for most of the game. Um, And I think he had a nice warm up against uh, uh, D.K. Metcalf, who, let's face it, is half the receiver that A.J. Brown is. So a big test, I think, for Mooney Ward. But Mooney Ward does seem to be coming into a little bit of form in the last few games. He's really stepped up from the beginning of the season. So he is going to have a tough game, I think. Um, And we'll see how Ambry Thomas potentially does against Devonta Smith. Uh, Tight end Dallas Goddard, 410 yards. He tends to be one of those guys they fall back on when they need to move the chains or do something a little bit different. But he is, of course, having to attend or contend with uh, our linebackers and potentially safeties. So it'll be interesting to see how much uh, Dallas Goddard actually gets the ball. Um, And then it all starts with their main man, really, Jalen Hurts. 67.6% completion this year, just a shade under 2,700 yards. 18 TDs, but also 10 interceptions. So he's gotten an interception in him every game um, so far this season, or almost every game, I guess. Maybe there's been one without it. So he can be a little bit loose with the ball. Um, but he makes up for that, I think, with the general level of accuracy and good decision making and is a top, top quarterback. Let's uh, make no mistake about that. He is, of course, ably assisted by, as we've alluded to, a very good offensive line. I did see on some injury reports that Lane Johnson 
uh, is uh, right tackle and I think he is appearing as questionable and the left tackle Melita has not had a great season I think he's let through quite a few pressures and I think Jalen's been sacked at least a couple of times in every game so the offensive line is still good but it isn't perhaps the standard that it was last year um, I think they are they are missing um, some of the players from from last year so I think it is an offensive line we can get behind and I think Jalen Hurts is the sort of quarterback if you can get at him you can force him into a mistake. I don't think he's going to be patient. I don't. I think at home he is going to expect the big plays, and we could see him get a little bit loose with the ball, particularly if we can do our game plan, which is run the ball, run the clock, build a lead, and make the Eagles play from behind. I can see Jalen being unused to that situation, and we'll see how his temperament is. Um, not that he's got a bad temperament, but I think playing from behind... When you're under pressure, when you're at home, let's see how he how, how he can cope with that um, and whether he wants to constantly go for it all with those big plays down to his wide receivers and whether that's something that we can use against him potentially because he has got to face the number one defence in the league regardless of what the numbers say. I think front to back, the way we've been playing the last few games, we will cause problems for any offence. And this is going to be a good matchup. I do think we match up quite well against the Eagles. They are, are at home, but we do have those couple of extra days rest. Um, although we're travelling, at least it is that later game, so the time difference perhaps isn't so much. Hmm, it's going to be close. What do you think? So I think, um, first of all, uh, you mentioned Ambry Thomas, um, how, how Ambry Thomas is going to play. Interestingly, he, he's now hit enough stuff uh, snaps, snaps, snaps. He's now hit enough snaps, participated in enough to be ranked on by PFF. So he's currently ranked 11th, our best cornerback on the roster. Mooney Ward is actually 14th. Um, I mean, it's a small sample size. You only have to do 200 snaps to be uh, to get the ranking. But yeah, I mean, he's ranked quite highly there. And that's because he's been consistently good when he's being playing and over to G.A. Brown. G.A. Brown is actually, he hasn't had enough snaps yet, but looking at um, the PFF rating he's got, he's going to be in the top 10 as well. So it's interesting to see these two, these two fringe players. And I think it's fair to call them fringe players, um, especially uh, Ambry Thomas, who, who's only come in since um, Isaiah Oliver has completely and utterly stunk up the, uh, the nickel, the nickel position. Um, it's good to see that the, performing so well now for me the Eagles offense Jalen Hurts is the one that I'm going to be looking at and I think he can do some damage with his legs it all depends on whether or not he runs because I think he's he, is it an ankle or a knee injury he's been dealing ankle. with ankle ankle so he may not be inclined to run as much which would be good for us I, I know we've kind of we're not as bad as what we used to be at stopping mobile quarterbacks but it still does worry me when we come up against somebody like Jalen Hurts, especially a young quarterback like Jalen Hurts, who's got plenty of energy in them to uh, go running past us. And the way that we're playing at the moment potentially isn't conducive to stopping a mobile quarterback. Although Geno Smith didn't really do much against us uh, last Thursday night, and he is considered to be a mobile quarterback. So yeah, they've got weapons all over the place. AJ Brown, I mean... I'd love to have him on our team. Who wouldn't? 
he's an excellent player. Uh, Devonta Smith, quick as lightning. Um, and then the, the O-line. The O-line for me just makes that uh, Eagles offense tick. They've got three players in the top 10 in the O-line. Both tackles ranked 6th and ninth. The center ranked 3rd. It's just such a strong O-line. And that's what we were saying before. This is the place where we need to beat them. We need to beat mm. their O-line. If we beat their O-line, we win in this game, hands down. And because of the players that we've now got, Chase Young, Hargrave, Armstead, Bosa, Kinlaw playing well as well. I think we've got enough strength, enough rotation. I think uh, the freshness in us, like you said, the extra three days that we've had, I think that's going to be pivotal in this matchup. And hopefully if we do come out with the win, and I am feeling more confident the more I talk about it, that we will get this win. Hopefully that'll send the Eagles on a little bit of a spiral, just knock them off that uh, number one seed. Because what I'd really love to see is them having to travel out to Levi's and play oh, yeah. us in the playoffs out there where they don't have the benefit of the fans, the, the fans trying to kill everyone and um, see how the players play then because I think that'll be a different kettle of fish and that will probably be a, a more open game as far as the 49ers are concerned. I still think Sunday night's going to be close and I think that's going to be reflected in my prediction at the end. Mm -hmm. um, unlike uh, Najee's 50-burger that he's left us with, of course, he's not here to argue that he didn't say it was going to be 50-burger, so I'm sticking seven, with that. 70-burger, I think he said, didn't he? Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, 70-burger. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I think I think that the, uh, the fifth-ranked offense, is that correct? Uh, I saw eighth early, but it depends on what metric yeah. you look at. I, you're right. Yeah. Their offense versus our defense is going to be a bit more of a test than the other way around. And I'm gladly you didn't focus on our pass rush because our secondary hasn't been getting enough credit. You mentioned Mooney Ward there, um, a stat that I thought you would like. Since the bye week, he's been targeted 24 times. He's given up 10 receptions for about 4.7 yards per target. You stretch that over a full season, he'd be in the top five among all cornerbacks yeah. in the NFL, which we would take. You're right, we were there for the Buccaneers game. J.R. Brown came in, struggled at first, got his first career pick. Ambry Thomas, when you look at the quarterbacks we faced, I mean, Trevor Lawrence and the, the Jags are highly favoured in the AFC. Yet Lawrence threw for the second fewest yards of the season and the fewest completions of the season against us. As much as Baker Mayfield was good when we were watching, he was still down on his pass attempts in his previous games. And then again, Geno Smith, you were there, Lee. He, he's been thrown 400 yards in the two weeks prior, 18 completions for 180 yards against us. So the fact that our pass rush gets all the headlines and getting there, I'm glad you started with the secondary because, as Gareth said, we are the number one defence in the league because we've got the complete package. And Hurts, he tends to Gareth. The deep passes are his fault there this season when I've looked at the stats. And you're right, he only uses his legs when he needs to. So I'm not as worried about that. But I liked how you said, if we go ahead and he has to chase the game. Hmm. Now, he's given up 10 career interceptions. Now, that might focus in my bold prediction at the end. But I'm not going to give it to you just yet, chaps. Yeah, I think it's a, it is a good matchup. And I think the Eagles' record flatters them ever so slightly. I'm just having a look here at the sort of the teams they've beaten. New England in week one. Minnesota, who struggled right at the beginning. Again, Tampa Bay, then Washington, the Rams. They lost to the New York Jets. Uh, they've beaten Miami. 
They've beaten Dallas, divisional game, beaten Kansas City and beaten Buffalo in recent weeks. So they have beaten um, some good teams, but they, uh, they've they also, you know, put up a um, or struggled a little bit. Beat Washington 38-31, let, let, let Washington score 31 points. They let New England score 20 points. That's a, a bit of a miracle. So they, uh, I think the, their record flatters them. I think they've had a series of games where they've found... They faced the right people at the right time um, and have come out on the uh, uh, positive side of some tight games. Um, and I hopefully this is all going to come to an end on Sunday. Uh, shall we go to the score predictions? I do have the betting lines, or at least one of the betting lines. The Niners are, depending on where you see, two or three point favourites, which for a team on the road with a worse record is little bit unusual, I think. Uh, I hope that doesn't work again. I'm sure the Eagles at home will take that very personally um, and want to make sure that the bookies uh, uh, pay for that. The over-under is 46.5. So it does look like there's some points going to be scored. Uh, obviously, a couple of things that might uh, factor into that is the slightly shorter week for uh, the Eagles. And they had an overtime win against Buffalo. So again, it's that taken that little bit um, out uh, extra we've had that nice easy routine win followed by turkey dessert in uh, in seattle and i'm i'm hopeful that things are in our favor for the game so paul i believe you are the new leader after last week's exceptional result that's right, Gareth. You weren't here for the other show, so we're going to have to talk not, no. about it. Look at Lee's face. No. Yeah. So I have to go first, and I'm you going do. bald. You do. The pressure's on there. There's no pressure. I'm going bald with this one. I've looked at the injury part. I've looked at our team. Now Lee probably thinks I'm going to go 31-13 because that seems to be lucky for me because <laughs> I got it right. I am saying that we score 31 points, Gareth, but we make a bold statement. We're winning this one 31-7. It's a repeat wow. of the score last year, as in we're going to win 31-7. And I just think that, like you said, we're going to take a big lead. Our defence is going to shut them down. So I'm letting my heart rule my head, which will probably please all you chaps because I'm top of the leaderboard. But 31-7 for the 49ers on Sunday. Lee, you're speechless. I hope not. No, not quite, not quite. Um, so I will put Najee's score in now because Najee is number two. Ooh. That sounded really posh, that, didn't it? Number it did. two. What's Najee going for? I, I, I shouldn't have put burger. that W in yet. 50 burger for Najee there, did I say? So Najee has gone for a 30-27 win. Ooh. So a little bit closer than Paul's. Just a little bit. Okay, so as I said, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to go for a 28 24 victory. I thought you were going to say 28 27 for a second there. So <laughs> I was like, I. No, I'm not going that <laughs> close. Me, I couldn't tell that. that. Tight. I've, yeah, I'm, I'm still. I thought of one number and then I've gone for a, a, a different number since that seemed to actually help. I'm going for a Niners win, of course. 34-23. Right, so that's interesting. So none of us has gone for the loss that we predicted in pre-season. Yeah. I can't do it. No, I, I can't. can't. I, I can't, can't I'm do struggling. it. But 
as well as that, I think I have changed my mind just because of the way that the Eagles have won some of their games. I think they've been quite fortunate. Yeah. I think their luck's going to run out on Sunday night. And it's not just going to run out a little bit. They're going to get smacked in the mouth with the uh, the unlucky stick. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Really looking forward to that. Absolutely. They, you know, they lost to the Jets where their luck ran out. So uh, it's about time. I think they were five and zero, were they? So they went five and one. It is tough in the NFL to win more than five or six or seven games on the on the trot, no matter who you are. So I think the Eagles are due a loss, and I think we are the ones to hand it to them. Are you going to stick your necks out with any boldies? Paulies? I am. I alluded to it earlier with Hertz. He's already got a career high, 10 interceptions. Fred already has three on the season. I think he gets two more on Sunday. I think, like you said, they're going to be chasing the game. Fred gets two interceptions. CMC gets two touchdowns, and I'm going to disagree with Lee. And I think Debo's in for a big game on Sunday, and he's going to get two touchdowns as well. So that's where I get my 31 points. Ah, uh, now I didn't say Debo isn't in for a big game. I said <laughs> I think Debo's going to be used more in the run game than the pass game. I just think, given what I've said about the intermediates and the Ack boys, I'm going CMC, Debo, heavy on our offense, um, and Jake Moody's going to get about a 50-yard field goal, just to shut them up, Gareth, just because the Eagle fans will be booing and he's going to nail it. And that's where the 31 points comes from. So there's my bold predictions for you, Jack. Fantastic. Elite? Right. What am I going to go? So given the weaknesses in the Eagles' defence, I'm going to say Kittle's going to have a big game. I think over the middle is going to be the way to go. I think Kittle's the one to do it. Hopefully he's the one to do it and they don't use him uh, pass blocking too much. And I can see Kittle having two touchdowns and 100 plus yards. Nice. Good. Gareth, Happy to see it. How about I'm you? Not sure. not sure it's that bold. I've really? got a couple. Really? Yeah. Two touchdowns and 100 yards. Yeah. It's Kittle. Doesn't reach Gareth's heady height. Like it doesn't. He wants more. Well, mine, mine's a bit more conservative as well. I, I think we're going to get three turnovers uh, off the uh, Eagles. I think that's that's going to be good. Whether we get, uh, I think we do, we do a couple of strip sacks, but certainly I think there's there's an interception waiting to happen in in Jalen Hurts. I think it were Mooney Ward could be Ambry Thomas, um, or it could be Jair Brown. Who knows? We will wait and see. Or I don't think that um, to Sean Gibson's got one this year. Or did he get one very early? Because I think he led us last year, didn't he, with five or six? Um, and I'm not sure he might have had one early, but he hasn't had one for a while. So maybe maybe a Gibson uh, uh, interception, um, and I'm I'm going to disagree. I don't think any of our offensive playmakers are going to have a particularly standout game because I think everybody is going to feast. Out of my four touchdowns, I've got Kittle, CMC, Debo, and Ayuk all getting one, and I think it's just going to spread the ball around, and no one's going to get more than say about seventy yards, and it's just going to be a nice even spread. Of think you can stop that guy, we'll just go somewhere else. Think you can stop him, we'll just go somewhere else. And we're going to get everybody on the offence uh, involved. Bad news is no one's going to have a standout game. But the good news is the Eagles are hopefully just going to walk off the field just not knowing which way they've been turned. Um, and that's what I think Shanahan's always wanted to do with our offence. And I think we're beginning to see a bit of it with the playmakers we've got. Conley. So, so you say that nobody's going to have a standout game, but what you've just described there is Brock Purdy throwing for three touchdowns. Yeah, but that's not that's just Brock. That's that's what we expect. Brocky. From the Brocket ship. 
So are we going to make some baldies up for Nadji or should we just let him off the hook this week? <laughs> if Nadji was here, what would he say? He'd want a pick for Jay Brown, wouldn't he? I think he'd be a happy yeah. with the rocket mm. ship. Well, yeah, yeah he's 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 on the he's on the brown man now, isn't he? He's moved off Jordan Mason, so there we go. It's Jordan Mason's going to have a massive game now that uh, Nagy has dumped him. One hundred and fifty yards, four TDs for Jordan Mason. So that would be bold. That would be bold. Yeah, it would be good as well. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up, lads? Public no. service announcement. Oh, and yeah, mini meets. Crack There's on, Paul. Five. Five. Wow. There's one in Belfast. Yes. There's one in Newcastle, there's one in Kent, there's one in Wakefield, there's one in Plymouth. So if that I'm right nice in what spread. I'm thinking, Sarah is organising Plymouth, Andrew Lund is organising Wakefield, Luke Jones is organising Kent, I'm sorting Newcastle out, and I think, is it David Young? Is David Young is, yeah. yeah. They're all on the event page on Facebook. David Betridge, I know you're not on Facebook, buddy, but if you need the details, we can send them along. As we said on the live on Tuesday, Gareth, as much as we aimed to get a group out to the gold mine, it's epic to see these little mini-meets popping up. There's Definitely. nothing better than watching football with your friends, even if you only get two or three. I think we've got five down for the Newcastle meet-up. There's a couple of non-Niners fans join us. But if you can get out and watch this game in a sports bar, in a casino, let me know. I'll tweet the details out. Send us some photos. But I think you'll agree, Lee, it's nice to see other people stepping up arranging these mini meetups and it's what the yeah, community is yeah, all definitely. about yeah fair play to the people who stick their necks out and take the time to organize it and find the venue and and organize everyone else it is great to see and you know two or more is a meetup so I'm, I'm happy for that as the uh the minimum if you get one other niner fan in proximity um you've you've doubled your your own number of minor fans so fantastic two or more and it's a mini meet to check out the event page thank you lads so thanks to everyone who listens and watches the show hopefully Nadji will be joining us uh, red jacket permitting uh, where do you think the game will be won and lost who's going to make the difference for the Niners and who is going to have a big game let us know in the comments when we post the podcast we will be back early next week to digest the leftovers of the Eagles will we be plump and happy or will we be sick as a parrot we will find out on Sunday. Enjoy your weekends and go Niners. Go Niners. Bang, bang, Niner gang. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with Rob Tom. John Tiller, Jerry Rice down the side.